okay, I need to take a, a, a survey. How many of you were very thankful <clears throat> to sleep in your own bed last night? It's a lot nicer, isn't it? That's the reason we have a fifth wheel, so we can have our own bed each night. Makes it nice. The only problem is when I get in trouble with my wife, then she sends me to the basement. That's the problem. <laughs> we uh, appreciated the opportunity and still appreciate the opportunity to be here um, you know, it's, uh, I, I know this is going to sound strange, but I really enjoyed family camp. Uh, I loved, we talked about how we love to see how God put thing, puts things together, the uh, morning lessons and the, and the messages, um, not having any idea. I always love it when God does it that way. You know, I always pray about what songs I'm going to sing, and sometimes I'm not always the speaker. And uh, matter of fact, I'll be in a, we'll be in revival next Sunday in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm just doing the music. And so you say, do you like that? Hey, listen, however God wants to use us, that's fine. It doesn't matter to me. If we can administer that way for the Lord, that's great. But I always pray about the songs. For instance, Friday night, I would very seldom do I ever sing uh, if my nose was running money <laughs> or putting on the dog in a, in a Sunday setting <laughs> unless specifically requested by the pastor. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I told Pastor this morning that, that I wanted to approach um, a little different direction before the morning service. Uh, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40, if you would, please. We visited this weekend about anger and the problem that we are seeing with anger. I truly believe that in the lives of God's people, the reason that we are seeing such a problem with anger is because people really don't know who their God is. I've learned that many people, most people who claim the name of Christ, they don't have a time that they read their Bible. They don't have a time that they spend in prayer. And many times they don't take time to be in God's house. And the scripture is true. It, it says, in the latter days, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, much the more as you th- see the day approaching. What day is that? That's what's about to happen. We don't know when. No, one, no man's going to prophesy when it is, but we see that coming. And so it's important that we understand who God is. I'll tell you how I started le- studying for this lesson and really, this is a first lesson in a series of lessons, uh, of messages, uh, but God laid it on my heart this morning. I didn't, I didn't want to keep pushing people down with this thing about anger, you know, and I didn't want to stand before you so angry. And, um, but I was watching commercials, which I hate commercials. If they would just do everything without commercials, we could get through the program a lot quicker and go on about our business, you know. Um, this particular commercial earlier this year was about the new movie that was coming out at that time on the Marvel heroes, Marvel characters. And as I watched that trailer of them talking about those characters, they did Thor and different ones, and I thought, you know, the problem is that 
probably, this is my percentage, 70% of the kids who watch that, and probably at least 50% of teenagers and adults that watch that will worship those characters. And then the Lord put it on my heart, it is no marvel how great our God is. And so that's what I want to deal with this morning, and and we're just going to begin reading in verse number uh, 18. And so just bear with me, we're going to read through the end of the chapter, Uh, but uh, if you'll remember when I used the verse uh, talking about uh, Isaiah 40, 31, and talking about our service to the Lord and how it talks about service, and I mentioned that in this chapter it talks about the greatness of God. It's amazing because... I mean, it talks about the glory of God, the gospel, the greatness. And uh, so beginning in verse 18, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spread it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation, chooseth a tree that will not rot, He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. So it's talking about false gods. Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the, he- the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing, he maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. Uh, you might want to write a reference down for Psalm 1. That goes right along with that verse. To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? That is a direct statement from God. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things, that bringeth out their hosts by number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength." Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. When we talk about this issue of anger that we've been discussing uh, for four, four lessons, four messages, when we look at it, and say, how, how am I going to be able to do that? You can't. But God can. Because it's in his power, and, and I love the verse there, that um, he giveth power to the faint, verse 29, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. 
We need to understand that in our own strength, we have nothing. But he has everything. When I began studying for this, this series, when God gave it to me, I began looking at it, and I was comparing, and I thought, well, you know, the, the gods, little g gods, and you're going to hear me say that a lot, because too many times we make the, the little g gods of this world with a capital G. They have no power. There was a cartoon that came out around, and a great one. It was just a cartoon drawing. It was of a cemetery that had the names of all the false prophets and false gods. And in the very back was a tomb, and the, door, the stone was rolled away. All of them are still dead. They have no power, but Jesus is alive. I'm telling you, it's exciting. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about that. So I began to look, and, and I, I compared, and I thought, well, do you know that the Greeks had nine gods? Zeus, the god of sky and thunder, Hera, the goddess of women, marriage, family, Poseidon, god of sea and earthquakes, Aphrodite, uh, goddess of love and beauty, Hades, god of the dead, Hermes, uh, messenger of gods, guides dead to the underworld, Demeter, goddess of agriculture, Apollo, god of music, arts, light, and medicine, Athena, goddess of wisdom, skill, war, all little g gods because they have nothing Especially when I realized it took nine of them for the Greeks, we have one. And he does it all. I'm telling you, it's exciting. It really is. Then I thought, well, you know, the Israelites spent a lot of time in Egypt. So I began to look at the Egyptian gods. I'll just give you this. They had 45 major gods. 16 of them were male. 24 of them were female. And five of them weren't sure who they were. Then the minor gods, 118 of them, there's a total of 227 of those. 118 of them were were male, 107 were female, and two of them had no idea who they were. And then I thought, well, then they have the lesser gods. I thought, all of a sudden the thought hit me. I went, what in the world am I wasting my time for looking at what their gods are and everything? I want to look at who my God is. So if you want any more numbers, you'll have to look it up yourself because I thought it's more important to look about who God is and how great He is. And so I want you to know that it is no marvel that our God is holy and real. When you look at the names of God in Scripture, and we're not going to be able to deal with all of them, but there are some that are very important. The Lord is Jehovah, Yahweh. Jehovah Lord is God eternal, unchangeable. And I, I'm not going to have time to really spend on each one of these. We're just going to have to go through here to get to the juicy part. All right. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's the meanings of each one of these. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. I love this one, Jehovah Roy, I I, I say it Roy is R-O-I, I'm redneck, all right? The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Tiskinu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts or the Lord Almighty. And then there's another name for God, Elohim, El Shaddai, God Almighty, 
El Elyon, Most High God. El Roy, the God who sees. El Akkad, the one God. And then El Shaddai means Almighty God. He is a triune God. Well, this gets into the fun part. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But each separate. Say, how's that possible? It's God. Do you know I'm three in one? I am. I'm a son. My parents even claim me. Not my sisters, but my son. I'm a son. I'm a father. And uh, I had uh, and, and a husband. <laughs> Almost forgot that. She's not even here yet, so it's okay if I forget it. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe Thane has gone on the warpath or something. I don't know. That's her grandson. And he comes by it naturally from his mother. That's all I'm going to say. But when we talk about the Son of God, I mean, remember Jesus said in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. Whew. It's exciting. When you talk about the Son of God, he has three titles to his name. He is Lord. That's his deity. He is Jesus. That is his humanity. And he is Christ. That is his royalty. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. All right, Lord, we're about to get Baptocostal here. When we think about the Godhead, we can see it in everything. We can see it in an egg, have the shell, the white, and the yolk, but it's an egg. We can see it in H2O. It's in liquid solid and vapor. I'm telling you, everything about everything is in threes because it is a picture of our Creator. Do you remember? I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but you remember when in the beginning in Genesis that God said, let us make man in our own image? He wasn't looking in two different mirrors. He was talking to the Son and the Holy Spirit. They, John 1, 1 talks about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. They are our Creator. So everything pictures our God, pictures the triune God. This universe in the creation, oh, wish we had time. And I'm not meaning that bad. I'm just, I get so excited about this. Man, it's just fun to look at these things. And uh, the sun has x-rays, light rays, and heat rays. Space, matter, and time. Space is broken down into length, breadth, and height. Matter is energy, motion, and phenomena. Time, this one's an easy one, even a redneck can get it. Past, present, and future. Wasn't that easy? How many of you understood that one? Some of you didn't raise your hands. I've got to get lower and redneck. Mercy. The earth is land, sea, and air. Temperature. Seen in a lot of God's people. Hot, cold, lukewarm. <laughs> I had to get that in there someplace. <laughs> Say, I don't believe that. Then read your Bible. Especially go to the book of Revelation. Church of Laodicea, 
And he says, thou art neither cold nor hot, but because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, lukewarm living makes God sick. All right, anyway, that's not the message this morning. Uh, music is harmony, melody, and rhythm. Matter is protons, electrons, neutrons. Three primary colors, my favorite is among them. Red, blue, and yellow. All the other colors come out of those. When we talk about our body, listen, I want to just intrigue you this morning and encourage you to understand how great God is. I mean, we're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about the creator of us. We're talking about the one who knew who we were before we were ever conceived. It is It is he who hath made us. Now, if you want to be one of those little squirmy things that climbs up out of the sea and evolves into something, go ahead if you want to. Me, I'm glad that my God created me. Because if I looked like an amoeba, (laughs) I'd have problems. I'm thankful that, that God took of the dust of the ground and made man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Then, because he wanted to have, wanted Adam to have a companion, then he caused a deep sleep to come upon him and took a rib out of his side and made the world's first loudspeaker. I'm sorry, I mean, made, made his, his wife Eve. <laughs> I know that one, I, most of the women just shut me off right there. I could have said that she was a pain in his side ever since, but anyway... Um, But when we get to the body and the way the body is broken down, we are broken down into the circulatory system, skeletal system, and nervous system. Oh, you've got to go over to Psalm 139. Just hold your place. Psalm 139. I love when God works. And in Psalm 139, verse 14, and why do you say that? Because I just recently read where a doctor, and and as well as a scientist who believed in evolution, the light turned on, and they switched from evolution to creation. That's God. I don't know how people can... Now, I have met some people that I thought maybe were found underneath a rock. They're pretty hard. (laughs) We used to tell our little sister that I was talking about, you know, probably Patricia, my sister, you're younger than I. I can't tell you how old she is, but I'm 65. Um, Some of you will get that later on, probably tonight when you go to sleep. But we used to tell Jeannie, she and I did, that she was adopted. She has held that against us for years. So when that came up, I said, I am so sorry, and I ask for your forgiveness. The truth really is you were found under a rock. (laughs) She didn't like that one either. But in Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I don't mean this bad, and I'm not saying that we are above everybody else, but I want us to understand that As a human being, we are special because we are God's creation. 
And as a child of God, what's even more special is now we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now, I just want to bring this up. I won't dwell here, but we need to understand that that means we are the temple of the living God. So what kind of living quarters are we giving him? We expect him to move into filth and stay in it. He is God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He deserves a clean dwelling place. Do we get the, get the point? You read through Scripture and it talks about that we must always needs take care of our sin. Why? Because God wants us clean. have to read about it in the book of Deuteronomy. We won't have time this morning. But he was giving instruction to his armies, to his men. And he said, when you set up a camp, if you have someone that is unclean, and they must go outside of the camp. All of the bathroom facilities, the easiest way for me to say it, were to be set up outside of the, unca- of the camp. When the unclean man is made clean, then he may come into the camp. And the reason? Because God wants to walk in the midst of your camp. And he can't do it if it's unclean. So anyway, I'll let you chew on that one a little bit. So our body, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The circulatory system, skeletal system, nervous system, reproductive tract, digestive tract, respiratory tract. We have to understand that he is our creator. He is great. He is mighty. And he is holy. Read later on Exodus chapter 3 and find when God called Moses out of the midst of a burning bush. And Moses, when he came near, God said, take off thy shoes for the place whereon thou standest is what? Holy. Holy ground. Our God is holy. He cannot sin. He cannot put up with sin. That's why sin must be judged. And sin was judged on Calvary by the one holy lamb. Whew. So we see the, the, the different things, and, and in First Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, you're going to have to write that down and read it later. It deals with, along with multiple other scriptures, about the holiness of the believer. God expects us as his child to live, as we said yesterday morning, to live like we are his kids. Our life ought to reflect him in us. That's very, very important. So... When we think about this triune God, I just want to just run through the days of creation real quick, and then there's a couple other things I want to look at, and then we'll be done this morning. And uh, I'm not going to keep you for a long time because I get another chance at you, all right? Um, Everything in his image, he created all things. There's something that, that God said at the end of every day. He saw that it was good. Everything God does is good. Say, I don't agree with you. You have a right to be wrong. Because God's word is right. You know, I I probably mentioned this, but uh, why do we need 
Maybe I didn't. I, I may have mentioned it last Sunday because I was talking about God's greatness. Not, not this series, but I was dealing with God, and, and, and I was talking about the Word of God. And why is it that we go to, quote, unquote, Christian bookstores? And don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for some of the things they have and that. And, and they have some, I love buying my, my calendars there because I can find one there. Usually it's just one little section that has a pocket calendar that has King James verses. That's a blessing to me because then I can understand it. Seriously. They change it so bad you can't understand it. You don't know what he's talking about. And then they leave so many out. Anyway, that's another message. But um, I don't know why we have to turn to all these, and they're, and they're coming into the Christian bookstore, these self-help books, when we have the best book there is. There are 66 books all put together in one, different authors, well, different writers, but the same author. That's very important, and it's all harmonious. It's amazing to me. Do you know that You'll, you'll have to read later on in Second Chronicles chapter 34 about an eight-year-old boy who became king because his daddy was killed by the, by the servants. They served him for two years, and they put, couldn't put up with his evil ways, and so they killed him, and then the people killed, him, killed them because they killed the king. There was something about don't touch the king. But from what I read about Ammon, he, he needed taken out. So Josiah, his son, at eight years of age, assumes the throne. And when I read about that, I just, I thought, I know a lot of eight-year-old kids. I wouldn't want them ruling over me. I don't want to eat pizza for every meal. <laughs> you know? Um, and when I, when I begin to study, because it says he, he, in his walk, he turned neither to the left hand nor to the right. And my question was, how did he know to do that? And I found out he had some counselors and advisors, little-known people called Habakkuk and Zephaniah. And when he was 21 years old, a young prophet came upon the scene whose God's hand was upon, and his name was Jeremiah. They directed him. They invested in him. And I didn't say this the other day when I had an opportunity because of the time and focus, but let me mention this real quick and, and how God works. There's a reason that there's to be different age groups in churches because there are those who have walked the path even before those who are in the middle section, and then there are the teenagers and the kids that are on the, in the learning trail and I'm not trying to be down, put down teens or kids, but I just want you to know these teens and these kiddos need the other two groups to invest in their lives. They need for you to take, to take them under your wings. When I went to Amarillo, we had two boys. God gave us two boys and two girls, and then unofficially we adopted uh, Michael, uh, another boy, and then... Uh, anyway, I went before our men. I met with the men. And I said, men, I need your help. I know quite a few things, but there's some things you know that I don't know yet. There's some things you know about business. There's some things you know 
Uh, I can weld a little bit, but there's some that you know about welding, and there's some that you know. And I said, so I have two boys that I need you to invest in their lives. I want you to help them become better men. I will do what I can, but I'm, in, I'm entreating your help. Listen, these young people need to know you adults care. Ask them how things are going. Find out, work it out with their parents. Say, can I take so-and-so, uh, my wife and I, can we take them and go get a soda? Maybe we can go down to the, to the um, yogurt shop, frozen yogurt, and have frozen yogurt. And if they say no, then say, well, thank you. I just want you to know I'm praying for your kids and praying for you. They need to know the reason we're losing young people today because in their mind nobody cares about them. We need to invest in their lives. That was not in my notes. I just wanted to share that with you. It's on my heart. God saw it was good because he is perfect. He is holy. Day one, he created light. Sun and the moon, the stars came on later on, but he created light. Day one. Day two, atmosphere and firmament. Day three, dry ground and plants. Day four, sun, moon, and stars. I wanted to get to this one. That's the reason all of a sudden I jumped to it. Because it was God who hung them. And here's the name. Oh, are you still in Psalms? Go to Psalm 147. Do you know, it's important we know that God knows who we are. Okay, let me try that one again. It is important that we know that God knows who we are. Okay, I wanted you to wake up from your nap. Verse 1 of Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Not homely. Comely. <laughs> That's from the family camp for those of you who weren't there. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. Get this now. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. I don't know the validity of this one, you know, because I've never been able to substantiate it, but it's a great thought. For every grain of sand on this whole planet, there are 100 stars in the visible universe. Have you ever stood on a beach? Have you ever, anybody in here ever counted all the grains of sand on that beach? They're innumerable. Have you ever laid out at night or sat and looked at the stars and tried to count them. I promise you, unless you can draw a grid, you're going to lose count. Because we can't count them. And God made them all. And not only did he make them all, but he named them. <laughs> that gets me. He named them all. I'm going to come. I'm going to, well, let me just get to it now. And then I'll, ooh, yeah, I better. Um. When we look at the things that happen, I, I just got to tell you about some of, I mean, day five is birds and sea animals, and then land animals, day six, and man, um, and then I'll get to 
something that we have in us that is just totally amazing. But um, God's creation, a couple of things that I want to share. When you look at the planets, if you ever just have a line and, and begin at the smallest one and go up to the largest one, the earth is going to be about the third or fourth in line in size. And then they're going to start getting bigger and bigger. And the the red mangus, if I, if I got that right, sometimes I have senior moments and don't remember the names exactly, but I can tell you this, it is so large, it's the largest planet known, that if you were to take a commercial airliner and fly around the surface at 560 miles per hour, you might want to fasten your pew belt. It will take you 1,100 years to go around once. That's how big it is. And my God made that. If he knows all of that and made all of that, I mean, it's amazing. The heavens declare about him. I'm jumping ahead because I just want to end in a different way. When we talk about music as God's creation, do you remember when Jesus said that even if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out? They will praise God. Um, the heavens, I'll just share this. There was a, a man that did this, and it's just amazing. But he, he brought this out and talked about that there is a, uh, a, a pulsar, a, a pulsar, a vela pulsar, which is 800,000 light years away from Earth. It is a magnetic neutron star, and it rotates 11 times per second on its axis. So I don't even know that I can't do it that fast. It's just fast. It's just fast. And that's all it does. So if, if you want to say that it's the drummer of heaven, it is, all right? Um, it, it sets a rhythm for, heaven, for the heavens. Uh, then there's another group of stars called the 47 Tuck. They are globular cluster stars. They are 16,700 light years from Earth. When I was sharing this with my wife, she goes, how do they know? I said, that's not, that's in, that don't care. I, it's a long ways away. There are 23 millisecond pulsars, and they emit a hum. Mm, mm. They hit every 16 major notes in the scale. It's the tuning fork of heaven. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. And then this man brought out something else I thought was just amazing. He said, and he said this, he said, have you, have you ever heard the whales sing? And he played a recording that was done down around Hawaii of the whales singing. And I just, my jaw was in my lap. And then he said this, he said, let's, let's put them all together. And so he had his iPad and he did what he, what he called a mashup. And what he did is he slowed down that, that Vela Pulsar to where it was just, just, just a steady beat. And then brought in the uh, other pulsars, the millisecond pulsars. And then he brought in the whales. And he said, would you like to sing with the whales in the heavens? And he began singing and invited everybody to sing with him, How Great Is Our God. Oh, the chills. Just I just begin to weep. I mean... To sing, with, we think we have a corner on music. 
we don't know nothing compared to the rest of the creation. That's our God. And I'll share this one and I'm done. Man is an intricate display of God's handiwork. I learned something. It's good. I like to learn things. A friend of mine had five bypass surgery done just a few weeks ago. When they were at the doctor, he said his doctor showed him a vein in the back of the heart. It's constantly flowing with blood. But he said it's there so that if there's a failure with the with the valves or with some other veins that it will take up the slack. That's all it's made for. I went, how cool is that? We couldn't design anything like that, but God did. And so that was amazing, but the best computer that has ever been around is in your skull called the brain. It is an amazing three-pound organ that controls all the functions of the body, interprets information from the outside world, and embodies the essence of the mind and soul. Intelligence, creativity, emotion, and memory are a few of the many things governed by the brain. Protected within the skull, the brain is composed of the cerebrum, anyway, cerebellum, and brainstem. The brain receives information through our five senses, sight, smell, touch, taste, and hearing, often many at one time. It assembles the messages in a way that has a meaning for us and can store that information in our memory. The brain controls our thoughts, memory, and speech, movement of the arms and legs, and the function of many organs within our body. The central nervous system is composed of the brain and spinal cord, The peripheral nervous system is composed of spinal nerves that branch from the spinal cord and cranial nerves that branch from the brain. And God made that. There are certain things that are controlled by the left side of the brain. There are certain things that are controlled by the right side. And man, I've heard many doctors who have talked about the brain and said, It is so complicated, we yet do not know everything there is to know about the brain. They can't duplicate it because God made it. It's like a little illustration. It's a humorous illustration. I like to end on a laugh. You know, they're cloning everything. I just read recently the first cloned dog is going to into the police academy to be a police dog. It's a German shepherd. And I thought, I don't know if I would want to have my life on something like that. But nonetheless, they've cloned. So these scientists decided, they got together and says, we are going to challenge God. We believe we've come to a point we can clone man so we can make man. So God, here's what we want to do. Both of us are going to take a pile of dirt. And God said, uh, excuse me, hold on. And he said, what? And he said, get your own dirt. (laughs) See, man thinks they're smart. And I'm not going to say there aren't intelligent people. I'm not one of them. (laughs) But I can tell you this, our God is great. And he created all of this. 
And he can control, he, the number 12 is the number of controlling of mankind. I mean, there's so many things that God does we don't even understand, and we try to put him in a box. Hello, attention Walmart shoppers, that's not going to happen because our God is so great, and he knows everything, sees everything. He knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart, my heart, and if God has done all of that, I believe my God is big enough that he can help me to overcome anger. If we'll let him. Oh, there's so much more. It's so exciting when you see. You, you need to read, I think it's the 29th Psalm, and read the description of the voice of many waters and read the description of a storm coming across the Mediterranean Sea and, and, and it talks about the power of God. If that doesn't stir up your heart, there's something wrong with your heart. I mean, we ought to be over thrill, just thrilled that our God is so great. Father, we love you. Thank you for the, the privilege this morning to teach. And you know my heart. I love this and I, and I love to learn. And, and I thank you for showing me the things that you've showed that I can pass them on. And, and I pray, Father, that you would just, you'd have your will in your way today in every life. We're thankful that you love us. We thank you that you made us. And thank you that you guide us. I ask now that you'll have the victory in our lives and help us to honor and glorify your holy name. For we ask in Jesus' precious name, amen.